are still many things that we can be thankful for. And so two weeks ago, I began by reminding us that if we are saved, that if we are children of God, then our salvation is something that we can certainly be thankful for. We then talked about uh, that Sunday night, a church family. If you have a church family that you are a part of and that you contribute to, then you know that a church family is something to be thankful for. And then last week, we talked about the faithfulness of God. David declared that he had been young and that he was now old, and then all the years of his life, he had never seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. And so David reminded people that God is faithful. And then last week, we were reminded in the evening service that we are blessed to have the Word of God, that God would author the Scripture for us, that he would pen the words for us. And when you think about the words that have been recorded and preserved for us, it is something to be thankful for. And so we've got a lot to be thankful for in just the overall general goodness of God in our life. Uh, I hope we're thinking about that uh, in these days that we are observing Thanksgiving. This morning we're going to look at another area of life in which we can be thankful. We'll do one more tonight, and that will kind of conclude this little mini-study that we've done, this mini-series. But before we do, I'd like us to uh, get to, before we get to the thought, I'd I'd like us to uh, just listen for a couple of moments, and we'll get to the Scripture uh, momentarily. I think most of us know that most people think they live busy lives. Some people definitely do live busy lives, but it seems like everyone thinks they live a busy life. And so whether or not we think a person is busy, that person thinks they are busy. And here's what we know. When we are busy and involved and engaged in our own lives, it can be easy sometimes, can it not, to forget about others? To not be aware of them, to not be aware of their circumstances, maybe to not be aware of what's going on in their lives. It is easy because of everything that is happening in our lives to not focus on what someone else may be going through or what somebody else may be dealing with. I'm not trying to be critical of people because I have certainly been guilty of doing the same thing, but that seems to be the nature and that seems to be the tendency of folks as we go throughout our daily lives. That said, I want to take us back to Monday night because many of you remember what happened Monday night with the storms that rolled into our area. Monday, as most of you know, is my day off, and so Monday I'd done some things and I'd gone some places, but we were in for the evening, and I had really no plans or intentions of getting out again, and I was engaged in a project uh, that I, I needed to get finished, and so I was involved in this project, and it was one of those projects where I didn't want the kids bothering me. I wanted Susie to go do her thing. Just give me some peace and quiet in the bedroom with the computer to take care of this project that I need to get done, that I need to get finished. So as I was doing that, the kids were doing their thing, and Susie was in the kitchen, I think, preparing supper, and my phone rang, and I looked down, and it said, Dad and Mom. So obviously, I knew who that was. I knew it was either my dad or it was my mom, and I answered the phone, and I I said, hello, and it was my dad, and he made small talk for just a minute. And he said, well, how's the weather out there? I said, I guess it's pretty good. I don't have any idea. I'm involved in a project. I'm working on something. And he said, well, he said, the Weather Channel is telling us that there are tornadoes out in your area. I said, well, it might be a good idea if I turned on the TV real quick. 
So I turned on the TV real quick, and I began listening to the weather forecasters and what they were saying. And within about 15 minutes, we were in our neighbor's basement taking shelter like they had encouraged us to do by way of the television. And so if you were in town Monday night, you know what began to happen for about the next hour to hour and 15 minutes, whatever the time frame was. We know that the winds began to blow, the rain began to fall, the hail came at one point, and, and it got pretty intense, and the sirens were going off, and, and there was a lot happening, and there was a lot taking place. And as we were sitting in the basement of our neighbor's house, something happened that really surprised me. I began getting text messages and emails from people checking on us. Got a text message, I looked down, I was like, oh, wow, well, I, I guess they're watching the news, I guess they're watching the, the weather, and they see what's going on, and they're checking on us. And then I, I got an email from someone from Oklahoma City, someone that I'd never talked to, and they wanted to know how we were doing. And, and then a family member sent me a text message, and then they started sending me all the video clips of what the weathermen were saying, and, and they were just trying to help me stay informed. And then another text message came from someone else in the ministry, and, and then someone else, and then, and then family again, that you know another part of the family that we never hear from. And, and all these people started texting and interacting with us wanting to make sure that we were okay. And in the midst of all that, I thought to myself, isn't that interesting that people were mindful of me and that they were mindful of my family? The next morning, whenever we got up and got, you know, our day started, my mom called that morning to know what the damage was like and, and, and what had happened in our area, and I gave her another full report, though I had given her one the night before. And she said, well, I've had several people at the school ask about you this morning, and they wanted to make sure that you were fine. They wanted to make sure that you were okay. And as I took all this in, here is what surprised me, that with the busyness of everyone's life, that when they heard there were some storms and some possible tornadoes taking place in the panhandle of Texas, there were people who remembered that we live here. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting to me, and I thought it was kind of neat, and it was humbling in many ways. And then for the ones who cared enough to send some kind of a note just saying, we want to check on you and make sure you're okay, again, it was humbling. It was thoughtful. It was something that that I was, for lack of better words, thankful for. People remembered me, and they cared. You don't always get that in today's world. So I was thankful that they were mindful of me and that they cared about me. Now, this morning, changing directions for just a moment, you and I know that we live in a very technologically advanced world today. We live in a world today that has so much information available to us that generations ago they could not have dreamed of having the kind of information that we have today. And by generations, I don't know how far back you'd have to go for some of what I'm about to say to be true, but think about this for just a moment. Somehow with the aid of satellites, you can get pictures of any place in the earth, I guess, Somebody could, and I'm not smart enough to know how to do it. But, but any place in the earth or on the earth, if somebody wanted to get a satellite picture, they could do such a thing. 
Scientists are able to tell us how big the earth is. Scientists are able to tell you of our earth how much of it is landmass and how much of it is water. And, and, and somehow, however they do this, they're able to tell us how many people make up the population of this earth. And they say that now the population of planet earth is a little over 7 billion and it is rapidly growing. And, and you take all this information and you think about how big our planet is, you think about how big our world is, you think about how many people there are on it and all these different things. And I don't know about you, but whenever I think that I am one among 7 billion plus, I don't feel too big. Do you know what I mean? If you feel big, you've got ego problems. Because you are just one of 7 billion plus people on a gigantic, what I consider to be a gigantic earth with a lot of land and a lot of water, to, to just be one among 7 billion kind of makes me feel little. It makes me feel small. But then with all the technology that is available to us, with everything that scientists and, and researchers are able to discover and are able to tell us, we know this, and I've mentioned this before, when you think about planet Earth and you compare it to other planets that are in our Milky Way and that are in our galaxy, when you begin to think about planet Earth and, and how small it is in comparison to some of the other planets in our galaxy, it really makes you feel small because planet Earth is really nothing more than a BB inside some of the other planets based upon their size. I forget how many millions of Earths they say can fit inside the sun if you were able to do such a thing. So you look at this big world that we're a part of and in our own galaxy, it's nothing too impressive. And then, because science was not my strength in school, along with math and reading and social studies and everything else, because science was not my strength in school, I didn't know this, but I did some research this week. And you know what I found? That it's suggested that there is approximately, and I don't know that it really matters at this point, but there is approximately... 170 to 200 billion other known galaxies outside of ours. So we make up the Milky Way, and I don't know how you count all the other known galaxies, but let's just pare it down a little bit. Let's just say there's only a thousand other galaxies. Think about that for just a moment. We are one person on one planet that in its own galaxy isn't even that impressive. And our galaxy is just one of multiplied thousands of other galaxies. How big and how important should we feel right now? I don't know about you, but as if I wasn't feeling small enough before, I feel that much smaller now. It would be like me bringing home a grain of sand from the seashore, from, from the ocean beach that we were at a couple of moments ago. It'd be like me bringing home one grain of sand and saying, this represents my existence. You know how impressed you would be? would be like, what? 
Oh, that. Yes, that's me. That's my existence. That's my life. That's my contribution. That's, that's my life being spent doing what I do. Do you realize how unimportant in the grand scheme of things we really are? That's why people can die and the world keeps on marching. That is why people can die and things just keep moving on because outside of a very small group of people, our existence is really insignificant and immaterial. Now, I don't say that this morning to make us all feel like a bunch of losers. Okay, I'm not encouraging us to go out and just decide, you know what, it doesn't matter, and just do whatever you want to do. But, but I, I'm trying to get us to understand our significance in this world that we live in. We're not that impressive. We're not that amazing. We're not that awe-inspiring. And as wonderful as we think we are, again, we're just a little tiny blip on the radar. All that said, if you look in Psalm chapter 8 this morning. Psalm chapter 8, we have the writing of David. It wasn't my intention to be in the book of Psalms two weeks in a row, but it's going to work out that way, so it is what it is. But if you notice in verse number 1, it says this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Now, I want us to notice in verse number 1 what David says. He said, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So here's what David is doing. David is acknowledging the greatness of God in verse number 1. He says, Lord, you are excellent, and your name is excellent in all the earth. And so here is what David knows, and here is what David understands, that that. He serves a great God. Okay, God has placed his name. He has set his name above the, the glory of the heavens. Okay, and his glory above the heavens. And if you look in verse number 9, he finishes this chapter by saying this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And so what this does in verse 1 and verse number 9 is it gives us an idea of the nature or the tone or the spirit of what is going to be recorded in verses 2 down through verse number 8. This is not a psalm where David is lamenting. This is not a psalm where David is asking the Lord to destroy his enemies. This is not a psalm where David is, is thinking about the trials of life or the struggles of life or where he's even focusing on, on the Word of God like he does in Psalm 119 or, or where the Word of God is focused on in that psalm. Here is David, and what is he doing? He is thinking about the greatness of the Lord, how excellent is his name in all the earth. And as you read through the chapter, something you discover is this is though David did not have all the scientific information that we have today, David was smart enough to realize this is a big world I am a part of. Because he speaks. In verse number 3, he says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Think about David's profession as a young man. 
We know that he was a shepherd boy. We know that there would have been many nights that he would have been out with his sheep throughout the night. And there would have been many nights that he could have sat and, you know, leaned against a rock or laid down just there in the open field and just looked up into the heavens. And he could have seen the stars and he could have seen the moon. There would have been days that he could have seen different planets and he could have seen different things taking place. And as David witnessed all of this, he knew that he lived in a big, impressive world that had been designed and had been created by an amazing, amazing God. As David understood this, as David knew this, it seems as though David recognized, not only do I serve a big God, not only do I serve an amazing God, but that makes me an insignificant individual. When I consider the stars, when I consider the heavens, when I consider the moon, when I consider the work of your hands, Lord, you are an amazing God, and I am not an amazing man. Well, what would make us think that David's attitude was such of himself? What would make us think that David viewed himself as just you know a lowly individual? Well, whenever he thinks about God and all that he's created and all that he's done, notice what he says in verse number 4. He says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? What is man that thou art mindful of him? What does it mean for the Lord in the context of this chapter for him to be mindful of man? It means this, to remember man. To even have an awareness of man. Here's David saying this, What is man, God, when you look at this world, the sun, the moon, the stars, all that your hands have created, all that your fingers have formed and done, when you think about all of this that surrounds us, who are we as men that you would even think about us, that you would even remember us, that we would even enter into your mind or that we would even enter into your thought? David begins to realize or he begins to express in this chapter that it is an amazing thing that the God who created this world World would even remember my existence on this world. But David not only says, what is man that thou art mindful of him, but he says, in the son of man that thou visitest him. That thou visitest him. What does it mean when David speaks of, of the Lord visiting someone? It means this, not only to, to remember or to recall, but it means to pay attention to someone and to care about someone. So what is David doing? He is saying this, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. You have formed the heavens. You have formed the sun, the moon, the stars, all that we see. And as I look at this, Lord, who are we as men that not only you remember our existence, that you know that we're upon this earth, that you know we have life, that you know we have you know an existence here, but God, who are we that you would give us attention and that you would care about us and that you would, for lack of better words, be worried about us. See, in the mind of David, that didn't quite register how someone as great as God would be mindful of him and care about him. But David knew 
it was true. David had multiple testimonies in his own life where he could have pointed out, where he could have shown others, listen, God knows that I'm here, and God not only knows that I am here, not only is he mindful of me, but he cares about me as he remembers me. It's kind of like the friends and the family members who began to check on me as I began to consider that with everything they have going on in their life, they're remembering me. That's amazing. And not only are these people remembering me, they are reaching out to me and they are checking on me and my family. They care about me. That is an amazing thing. David would say multiply that times a number that is too large for you and I to understand. Here is the God who created the world. He sustains it. And we're just one of many different galaxies, though David didn't understand all that and he says now think about this who is man that God would even remember us but think about it not only does he remember us he cares about us oh Lord our Lord how excellent is your name I know David didn't use these exact words I know that David did not express this exact thought in this particular psalm but just ask yourself this question if it seems reasonable to assume this that David was thankful David, are you thankful that the Lord is mindful of you? David, are you thankful that the Lord has visited you? David, are you thankful that the Lord cares about you? I think David would say, could you not tell by the way I began and closed this psalm, this this writing? I mean, is it not obvious that I'm thankful for it? I mean, yes, I am thankful that such an amazing God would be mindful of me and care for me. Yes, I'm thankful that God remembers me and cares for me. Be honest with you this morning, not that you're overly concerned about this, but this week I struggled with the message this morning. And I, I had a completely different message prepared and it was all on paper and, and, and I had in my mind where I thought the message wanted to go and, and I knew from the moment I finished that sermon that it wasn't worth the paper it was printed on, okay? I took that sermon and yesterday morning I shredded it and I destroyed the evidence and you'll never know how pathetic it was unless you take the time to put it all back together which I promise you it is not worth your time. But in my thoughts before I destroyed the evidence, one of the things that did capture my attention, though, was this. Not only the words of David, but the testimony of the saints of old, where the saints of old would have said something like this. David... It wasn't just you that God was mindful of. And David, it was not just you that God visited and gave attention to and cared about. David, he was mindful of me. And David, he visited me as well. Somebody says, well, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just going to give us a few examples Because I I think it's good from time to time for us to be reminded of this. Think about the first man ever created, Adam. 
Someone says, well, yeah, I mean, it's very easy to keep up with him. He was the only one. I understand, but God could have placed him in the garden, and God could have ejected him or, or kicked him out of the garden whenever he sinned and said, I'm done with you, and I'm not going to worry about you anymore. But you know what Adam knew? Adam knew that in this world that I'm a part of and in this world I live in, God is mindful of me and God cares about me. You can't even get through the book of Genesis without coming across characters like Noah. It's pretty obvious, is it not, that God was mindful of Noah and God visited Noah. God cared about Noah. You read through the scripture, you see Abraham, you see Isaac, you see Joseph, you see Moses, you see Israel, you see Joshua, you see Elijah, you see Elisha, you see the prophets. You see all throughout the Old Testament that God was mindful of the people whom he had created, who he allowed to come into this world. And not only was he mindful of their existence, he cared for them. In my Bible reading this week, I'm going through the book of Job, and I've preached the passage before. I love the passage, but it's where Job says, I looked to my right, and I couldn't see God. I looked to the left, I couldn't see God. I looked in front of me, I looked behind me, and I couldn't see God. And what does Job declare? He says, I don't know where God is at in the midst of this trial. But what does he say this? He said, I don't always know where God is, but God knows the way that I take. I may not see God in all this, but something that I am convinced of and something that I am sure of, Job says, God knows where I am. And whenever I come through this and whenever I am tried, I will come forth as gold. You know what Job's testimony was? He's mindful of me. And he cares about me. As you read through the New Testament... Whether this excites you or not, I'm going to share it with us anyway, okay? When you read through the New Testament, the narrative doesn't change at all. God still cares because God is still mindful. He said to the disciples, you know this as well as I do, but he said to the disciples that God had the very number of hairs, the, 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 the number of hairs on their head numbered. Friend, that's being mindful. It's being mindful of a person. And, and we know that, that the Lord says he cares for us because Peter said, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. What would the, the Apostle Paul say? He would say, you know what? God is mindful of me and God cared about me. What would Peter say? What would all the apostles say? What would the believers in the churches say? Their testimony would be this, that God is mindful and that God cares. It's not just one man's testimony in Psalm chapter 8 where David says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For generations, for thousands of years, the testimony of the saints would be this. God remembers me, and God cares about me. And that's an amazing thing. It is an amazing amazing thing so consider this and I don't mean to to labor this too long this morning but just consider this has God changed he has not God has not changed which means his nature 
has not changed. Which means who He is and how He functions and and, and how He interacts with the world that He created, that means this, His approach has not changed one bit whatsoever. So what does that mean? It means this, now that we have a better understanding of how massive our world is, as we have a better understanding of how big our galaxy is and how we're just one galaxy among multiplied thousands, if not billions, if you think about how big the world is, but yet you think that in spite of all that, God has not changed, you know what it reveals to us and reminds us of? It reminds us of this. God is still mindful of man. And so like David, I could say something like this. God is mindful of me. Now, you don't have to let this excite you this morning. You don't have to let this encourage you this morning. If you want to leave here frustrated or discouraged or depressed or upset, you're welcome to. But this morning, I choose to think about this fact, that the God who created everything that I can see and so much more that I cannot see, I choose to accept that God is mindful of me. And whenever I think about that, that cannot help but encourage me, and it cannot help but make me want to say, Lord, thank you that I have not been forgotten by you. I know that in the grand scheme of things, I'm just a speck of dust. I understand that in the grand scheme of things, my life is only a vapor. I understand that compared to the 7 billion people who are on the earth right now, my life will only touch a a small, small fraction. I understand that in this big world that I am a part of, that I am really nothing in the eyes of mankind. But God, thank you that you are mindful of me. I'm so glad that God knows where I live. Does that not encourage you? Think about this for just a moment. God knows where you live. I mean, really, if you were God, would you keep up with Pampa? I'd be like, ah, who cares about Pampa? I mean, that's the way many of us would feel because it's not that impressive. It's not that exciting. And if I was God, I may say, why would people even choose to live there? You know, aren't they smarter than that? They could have lived someplace pretty. Just saying, you know, God created a big, beautiful world, and you all chose to live here? Okay. Y'all don't have to see any humor in that. I do see humor in that, okay? I'm thankful that God knows I live in Pampa. I'm thankful that God knows I'm married, that I have three children, that I'm trying to pastor a church. I'm thankful that God knows what my needs are. I'm thankful that God knows what my concerns are. I'm thankful that God knows what questions I'm wrestling with. I'm thankful that God knows all that. And in addition to that, I am thankful that not only does he remember me and know where I'm at and what's going on in my life, I'm thankful that he cares. Because it would be quite discouraging if the God who created me forgot about me or if the God who created me didn't really care about me. I'm thankful that I can give the same testimony as David and that thousands of others could give testimony to. I am thankful that I can stand before you and say that there are multiplied examples, multiplied, multiplied, multiplied examples of the times where it has been obvious God remembered me and God cared about me.
He knew where I was at. Please listen. He knew where I was at. He knew what I was dealing with. He knew what I was facing. And not only did he know it, obviously, but he cared enough to work and he cared enough to intervene and he cared enough to help and he cared enough to provide. And I can't look at that and just say, ah, well, what's the big deal? No, like David, I need to say, oh, Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And because of your greatness, God, you deserve to be praised and you deserve to be thanked. And I trust you know this, and I don't think anybody is arguing this in your mind, but I trust you know that the same is true for you. God is mindful of you. Well, I'm not a preacher. Who cares? God is mindful of you. God is mindful of your family. God is mindful of your circumstances. God is mindful of your situation. God is mindful of your needs. And not only is he mindful of it, he is concerned about it. And he cares about you and what's going on in your life. And I want to remind us this morning that is something to be thankful for. Someone may sit there, you know, if they had a wrong attitude or a wrong spirit, they may say something like this. Well, if God really cared, then why is he letting this happen? Because we live in a sin-cursed world where bad things happen. But that is not a reflection on God's nature or his lack of concern for what's going on in our lives. God is mindful of us and God visits us. God cares for us. God works on our behalf because God is an amazing God who loves us and cares for us even though we don't deserve it. This morning, if we were all honest, and I trust that you would be, if we were all honest, here's what every one of us would have to say. There is no question, there is no doubt in my mind whatsoever that God was mindful of me because if God was not mindful of me, I would have never made it to where I am today. And had God not cared for me, we would not have made it as far as we have made it. I would not be where I am at. I would not be used in the way that I've been used. It would not have ever happened had God not remembered and had God not cared. You and I are here today because of the grace of God. You and I have all that we have and enjoy all that we enjoy and partake of everything that we partake of because God remembers us and God cares about us and God's good to us. God knows where you're at. Be thankful for that. God cares about you. Be thankful for that. Well, nobody checked on me in the storm the other night. Who cares? God still cared about you. God knew exactly where you were. God was still mindful of your circumstances. God knew. He's always known. He will always know what's going on in our lives, and He will always care. And that is something to always be thankful for. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, as I come to you this morning, I don't want to re-preach the message now in this time of prayer, and I don't want